This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Heineman, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hello, hey, Kelly. everyone. It's good to be back, Elizabeth. Yes. Um, so today we're super excited because we have two guests. We have two Ivies with us, Aaron and Jamie Ivy. Um, and Jamie, I know you've been on our podcast before and are familiar. you've been to our events and several things. So our audience is a little bit aware of who you are and just what kind of your ministry is, but we want to update everyone because we know you have some new things going on. And we would love for Aaron, you to tell us about yourself and y'all's family and your ministries. Um, So go ahead and introduce yourselves to everyone. Yeah, Elizabeth Kelly, thanks for having me back. That what fun oh, is that? Yes. It's always fun to come back. And so thank you for that. I host the podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy. Um, I also host um, a talk show on YouTube called The Jamie Ivy Show and write books and Bible studies and get to do a lot of fun stuff like things with Lifeway at events for women and things. Uh, and so that's what I do. Aaron and I both co-host a podcast called On the Other Side. So we get to do that project together. Uh, and we parent four kids, four teenagers. We're not wow. just parenting four kids anymore. We're parenting four teenagers and we live in Austin, Texas. And parenting four teenagers is absolutely crazy, but it's fun. <laughs> it's it is like the most, crazy. Yeah, it's the most fun season of parenting that we think we've ever had. So we're actually really loving it. Um, but yeah, I'm Aaron and I am uh, happily married to the Jamie Ivy, and um, I belong to her and am so, uh, so thankful to be on this podcast. I'm a pastor at a church in Austin called the Austin Stone. And also, yeah, I, I get to do um, several Lifeway events throughout each year too. I think there's a couple that we're doing this next year. And so appreciate and love what you guys do. Yeah, we're really excited about Life with Women Live and you getting to be there. And, you know, I'm, I'm just a little jealous that you guys live in Austin because there are just amazing tacos and amazing Mexican oh, yeah. food. And Nashville, I just, I mean, I'm from Oklahoma, so at least I get a flavor of that. But Austin <laughs> is just mecca Nashville for... Uh, has its own, like, brand of tacos. I feel yeah, like I guess. it's like this whole other thing because we have so many taco shops, but... We do have Ladybird Taco. Have you eaten there yet, Kelly? I have. Yeah. Oh, have I you, have. You ate there, Jamie? How was uh, last it? Last time I was in town, it was great. And we I love, mean, we actually personally know some of the investors in it. And yeah. um, and so it's been fun to watch uh, Ladybird come to life. It's, it was obsessed. really good, too. Yeah. I okay. eat there a lot, <laughs> I will say. But I do um, I do love Torchies, which Austin has oh, and yeah. has not made its way to Nashville just yet. Oh, but I'm really hoping. Yeah. Okay, Elizabeth and Kelly, I'm going to turn the table on you real quick and ask you a question before we okay. get going. Last time I was in Nashville, we had eaten a ladybird, and I was with um, one of your coworkers and another friend. And I said, do you guys like Migas tacos? And okay. neither one of yeah. them knew what I was talking about. Do you guys what? know? Yes. I do not know. I have not. Ha- I've heard oh of it, but God. I have not been there. Kelly, you know because yes. you're from Oklahoma, I guess. Yes. So Amiga's breakfast taco is like yes. eggs and onions and peppers, and it has tortillas and cheese and avocado. It's my favorite type of taco. Elizabeth, it, 
You have to try one. it. Okay, and next time I'm in Texas. Yes. I'm going to try it. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and welcome to the Kelly and Elizabeth and Jamie and Aaron food, food podcast today. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I could definitely Nothing do wrong that. with that. No. I know. Okay, well, let's talk about the new project. It's called Compliment, and that's compliment with an E, not an I. So yes. we, we're going to say that up front. But let's just talk a little bit about the new project. What have you observed about marriage in the current culture and maybe even the church that prompted you guys to think about why this was such an important message for today? Yeah, I'll just jump in. Jamie and I, um, we've, we've found that the, the people that we are surrounded by all the time, the people that are in our home, the people we're really passionate about pouring into, um, have just been for a while like 20 to 29-year-olds. Um, and in conversations with them, a lot of it revolves around what is marriage going to look like? Or maybe they've been married for five, seven years, and they're like, man, this is really hard. We just found ourselves in conversation a lot with married people, uh, young married people, or um, friends that were moving towards marriage and a common thread with a lot of conversation around marriage. And it was for me when I was growing up is you would hear people say things like, man, just wait till you get married. It's all downhill from there. And I know people like, you know, kind of laugh it off. Like they're kind of, you know, just saying it flippantly. don't really mean it, but that is a pretty common thing that people use as a quick joke. And it always has struck me and Jamie as so wrong that it shouldn't be that way. Um, it shouldn't be where the best days of your relationship were the ones before you say I do. Mm -hmm. We found that like the best parts of our friendship have actually happened in marriage and it's hard. It's not what we thought it would be. It's so much, it takes so much more work than we ever imagined, but we found it to be the best part of uh, our friendship um, is this thing called marriage. And so we wanted to just write a book that was really honest about how hard it is, but how good it should be. We wanted to tell our own stories and be super honest about how um, difficult it's been, but also all of the amazing things that God really wants it to be. He does not want marriage to be this thing that we go, ah, man, just wait till you get married. It's all downhill. That's not what he intends. That's not what he created it to be. So we wanted to write a book that, that really illuminated God's heart for marriage. Yeah, and there's two books, too. When you look at the, the regular, just regular books, there's two books. So talk, talk a little bit about those unique perspectives and the themes that you that you used. Yeah, we wanted it to be a book from both of us, but we didn't want to write the typical, you know, one chapter where one starts and one ends or, or something like that. We wanted it to be unique. And so I wrote a book and Aaron wrote a book and they come together in um, one little really cute little book holder thing. I don't know what to call this thing. What is it? It's like a sleeve. You slide <laughs> yeah, them in. Yeah. Um, and so it's really great. And so we each wrote our own sections on the same 10 chapters. So we talk about love, serving, cheering, leading, following, fighting, forgiving, sex, parent, and mission. And so we each spent time diving through those chapters, me speaking to women and Aaron speaking to men. And the great thing about it is that we see them as very complimentary to, to each other. And um, as in, you don't have to just read the one from me if you're a woman and the one from Aaron if you're a man. Like we see um, a husband and wife reading one and then switching and then reading the other and talking about it. And another great thing, when we wrote it, we wanted it to be really raw and we didn't want to say like, okay, you talk about this when we talk about serving and I'll talk about this. We each just wrote without reading each other's words, even until after they went to the editors. We didn't even jump into each other's um, manuscript until when they were with the editors. And so I think that's unique about the project too, is you really do get each of our individual ideas about what we see in these 10 um, ideas about marriage and how we think they can be beneficial to the reader. Yeah, 
that is really fun. And I've seen like the pictures of the book sleeve or whatever uh-huh. the box for it. It's, it looks so cool. And so I'm really excited for people to get their hands on that. Um, and you also have a Bible study that's coming out yes. alongside. So what is kind of like the benefits of doing the Bible study as well? Yeah, this is exciting. They come out on the same day. So you can get one same time you get the other one. And the books that we wrote together, the the trade books, the complement books that come, you know, two books in, in one package, those are very story driven. Um, we want them to be super encouraging. We want to show really the you know, the beauty of choosing each other um, over our individual selves in marriage. But we also knew, hey, we want to go deeper. We want to want to go deeper into what what God says about marriage through scripture. And so in order to do that, we decided to have a Bible study that goes with it, which is seven weeks long. Um, you can go through it individually with a group, with your spouse, whatever it might look like. There's video teaching from each of us on each of the subjects. And we go through um, some of these, not all 10, but we go through some of these as well and just dive deeper into scripture and what God says about it. And so I think there's something for everyone in the book and the Bible study, depending on where you are in your season of life or what is exactly what you're needing right now um, to encourage you with marriage. Yeah. Jamie, would you say that the book and the Bible study complement each other? <laughs> they so do. <laughs> I, I think that. that's awesome. You're absolutely right. It will definitely complement one another, the Bible study and the books. And we want to do talk a little bit about just your marriage and just find out a little bit about, you know, you've been married for 20 years. My parents are getting ready to celebrate their 60th wedding anniversary. And so I just think about like what the changes and, you know, how much has changed in those 60 years, but you know, even 20 years, like when you look at the culture of today, that's something to celebrate, but you know, think about, and I've seen, I I think I saw you post a picture um, on social media of your wedding and how much has changed and what, if you could go back in time and tell yourself something from that first year of marriage, like if you could go back and go, hey, this is what you need to know, (laughs) what would you say? Jamie, you hop in first and then Aaron, we wanna hear from you. I mean, besides the fact I would tell each, tell us that we shouldn't eat milkshakes every day, that's like the first thing (laughs) I would tell us is like, hey, hold off on the milkshakes every day. Uh, We were young and in love and in college and that was just the coolest thing was to make milkshakes every day. Someone must have given us a blender. Yeah, we got all free stuff, like high blenders we could never afford before. So we're like, let's make milkshakes every day. Um, But all joking aside, I mean, looking back on that, on that first year of marriage, um, I I don't want to make it sound like you know you're young and dumb and in love but you just don't have the the mindset of what is to come i don't have the mindset of what it means to be you know 50 or 60 because i'm only 40 and so it's not a bad thing but you just have no idea what's ahead and so i think i would tell myself in that first year um to be committed to being friends and we've done that throughout our marriage our relationship was built on friendship uh, because what you can't see ahead as a newlywed um, you know our struggles or health problems or children problems or marriage problems or mental health problems none of those things are in your 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 sight when you're when you're first married and so i think i would just encourage myself and and i'm glad that we did that to say hey build this on something that can actually last um, that's not a sexual attraction or a job or an income or anything like that like build it on something that will last forever Uh, and that's what i want to encourage also young people who are thinking about marriage or who are early in their marriage is to really invest in your friendship with each other because that is what's going to sustain when those hard times come and i think i would yeah i think i would tell um, myself the same thing that i tell people now who are entering into engagement um, and that is, you are going to have to choose to 
forgive and to ask for forgiveness more than you ever thought. And so go ahead and start practicing that now. I think it's it's re- easy to walk into marriage kind of like idealistic. You know, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be fine. We don't ever fight, so we never will. Um, all we need is love. Who cares about jobs and money? But then when you get further and further into marriage and more things stack up and more things are complex, you're looking at bills, you're looking at maybe future you know, kids in your home. Well, then you realize there's a lot of conflict that comes. There's a lot of sorrow that comes through life. There are really difficult um, situations that, that, that arise. And if you're not prepared to ask for forgiveness and to forgive the other person often, I think when those things come up, you're going to be kind of blindsided. And so we talk a lot about like, hey, what is it that you need to have conflict about? Don't stuff it. Don't avoid it. Don't run away from it because it'll it'll come out at some point, whether you bring it out or uh, it just spills out in anger or uh, rage or apathy. Um, but to just realize the heart behind marriage is going to be a lot of forgiving and a lot of um, confessing and repenting has helped with them. Yeah, because they, yeah. they really, I mean, our spouses see the, the best of us and they see the very worst of us mm-hmm. and they see mm-hmm. the raw parts of us too. Yeah. So that forgiveness comes in. And I, I know even for my husband and I, you know, sometimes it's just like, are we communicating well? Are we telling each other? You know, just all those little things that yeah. don't always come easily and we just have to work at it. Right. And speaking of things that we could not be prepared for or predict um, is the coronavirus. Um, It's a global pandemic that we're all going through um, that has impacted every aspect of our lives. So if you don't mind, if y'all are comfortable doing so, we would love to just hear how COVID has impacted your marriage this year. Yeah, the first year of our marriage, honestly, was like bliss. Uh, We did not ever fight. We just laughed all the time. We just had a very, very simple life. And for whatever reason, we just did not have much conflict at all. Like Looking back on it, I'm like, what? how in the world was it so easy? Uh, and then the two hardest years of our marriage were 2010 and then 2020 uh, was mm-hmm. probably worse than 2010. So it's kind of ironic that we're like, you know, finishing up writing this book on marriage in the same year that was also the hardest year mm-hmm. of our marriage. So when you're reading this book or going through the Bible study, you're not hearing from somebody who has it all together and is perfect and is an expert on marriage. You're really hearing from two people that that still have to fight really hard um, on making marriage what God wants it to be. And we found ourselves fighting more in 2020 than we ever had before. We, during quarantine, obviously for teenagers at home, made that very uh, amplified. We also have um, a young 20-year-old that lives with our family. We were going through a remodel, so we were living in an Airstream in our driveway. Um, oh, you know, wow. we, have, we have, uh, you know, kids that are all over the board in terms of like, um, you know, just like needs and dealing with their own issues of not being at school. And so it was just all of these things colliding into one year that most of us have experienced and where it we, we felt the most pressure was in our marriage because it was so easy just to like get through every day just trying to survive and almost forget, oh, I'm still dating you. Like you're still mm-hmm. someone I love. And then conflict would arise and we almost would like get angry at each other. And we started fighting against each other and fighting for each other. It was incredibly hard. Um, and I think the only way that we were able to get through that um, is to have some of these really hard conversations, like I mentioned with forgiving and asking for forgiveness. We had to get to the place where we had to lay our weapons down and go, okay, I'm not coming to harm you. I'm not coming to attack you. What did I do wrong here? 
Um, here's what I felt in the moment and let's forgive each other and remember that we are friends. We started this thing on friendship and the only way we're going to endure is remembering that we're friends together. And, you know, Elizabeth, it's funny you mentioned how we're, the global pandemic affected everyone. And, you know, mm -hmm. some of the the highest things that can affect a marriage would be like money or time or a sick child or something. And all of a sudden, everyone has experienced this pressure. And yeah. we know of so many marriages. I mean, when we launched our marriage challenge in January, we had no idea what that would look like. And within days, thousands of people have signed up and said, you know what we want to be on on whatever this is and Aaron and I were like you know what we weren't alone last year in a mm -hmm. difficult year during right. um you know a, a global pandemic I think uh, the global pandemic what it did is it just allowed all these coping mechanisms that people have dealt with and depended on for years and then they're gone and so it yeah. was such a hard year for so many people with mental health and losing jobs and sickness and and then you got to be married and it just became so difficult and so you know, the encouraging thing is we're on, we're on, you know, we're in 2021. I don't think we're through, you know, this hard season right. of, of, of COVID-19, but I do think a lot of people are going, okay, that was a little bit of a scary season. And uh, we got a little too close to um, making some, some choices we might not want for the rest of our life. And so we want to spend some intentional time pouring into our marriage. And so Aaron and I are so encouraged by the people yeah. who are like raising their hands with us saying, hey, you know what, that was hard, but we're diving in and we're going to be committed to to really investing in each other because we see the value in it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th I feel like, you know, it really is just kind of seeing the providence of God and his sovereignty of knowing the timing of when your Bible study is coming out and, and all of the things that we've gone through. And, and really, even when you look at at the things that both of you do, I mean, Aaron, you're, you know, on a church staff and every, all the pressures and all the changes that church staff members had to deal with. Jamie, you do events and events were canceled one right after. I mean, all those things that are part of your regular routine are just completely, completely changed. And yeah. so that's, yeah. that's just makes it even harder, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, 100%. And the, person, the person that you end up taking out your stress or anxiety or being overwhelmed with is usually your spouse. And you would think it wouldn't be that way, right? Why would I do that to my best friend? But like you said at the beginning, you, you are your most real self with the people that you live with. Um, and so it is easy to like take all the pressures of the world and job and um, COVID and, and almost like aim them in the wrong spot, aim them at your spouse. Instead of taking those things to the Lord and saying, I'm really overwhelmed with this. Please help me not take it out on the person that I love the most. Um, so I think there is this element of like, we got to work on marriage during seasons like this, but we also like as Christians have to make sure that we're, we're, we're going to the source of life and the source of hope right now so that we don't end up wounding the people that are closest to us. Yeah, Y'all talked about friendship and, you know, Aaron, you talked about you know, just that and the importance of that. And we have a lot of listeners who who aren't married, who maybe desire that for their lives. So kind of what kind of advice or encouragement would you give them as they as they're thinking about decisions regarding dating and relationships? Well, we, we do, like I said, find ourselves having these conversations all the time. And so that's really easy for us to, to think about. I mean, the, the main uh, wisdom that we try to um, give to people that are in that season is first, do actually do this like actually build it on friendship it's one of the reasons why um not having sex as a part of a dating relationship as a christian is so important is because you're taking out those things that would keep you from building a relationship just on friendship 
um, where you're getting to know each other for who they really are. You are walking um, together as you pursue Jesus and doing your own thing. And I think the other thing we tell people is like, don't live in isolation. Surround yourself with people that can speak the truth into your relationship, that can challenge you in places you need to be challenged, and, and honestly can like encourage you and give you wisdom about the things that you don't know yet. And hopefully those two things keep going all the way through engagement and then all the way through marriage. Jamie and I still have older couples in our life that we look to and we ask questions like, what did you do when your kids were teenagers? What did you do in moments like this? Like not living in isolation, but inviting people into your relationship, even as you're dating. I think the thing that I love telling, especially single women that I'm talking to, would be to not stop your life waiting for a husband. Um, you know, so many women will think, I, I think I should be married, but I'm 25. So there's something must be wrong with me. And so I'll just now spend my whole day, every guy I see is, is that the one? Is that him? You know, and what if that's him? And I'm always like, man, live your life, get that job, go travel Europe. Uh, mm. Not now, but you know, eventually <laughs> go travel Europe, buy that house, do the things that God has for you. Instead of thinking my life only begins once I get a husband, because that's a, it's, it's not true. Uh, God has so much in store for you um, as a single girl and um, to be who God wants you to be right now, even if that is without a husband and that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And I think um, Lori Wilbert, who I know she, you've had her on your podcast, Jamie, a few times, um, but she has written about that before about um, specifically starting traditions, because that's something that a lot of times single women are are prone to just being like, oh, well, when I have a family, then mm-hmm. we're going to start doing this or this yeah. um, as yeah. like a Christmas tradition or something like yeah. that. And so she really encouraged her readers to start Christmas traditions I on their own. That. And so love it. Ever since I've read that, because um, I'm single, I have thought, okay, what are going to be my Christmas traditions like that are right now? It's just me, and I'm the only one participating. But someday, mm-hmm. maybe there will be some other people that I can add to the mix. Um, and so that's just been a fun way to like, just a very like small, practical, tangible way to do that to love it. go ahead and live the life you want to live without uh, yeah. waiting. Yeah. And I think that is a message for the single people, but also for married people as well, because um, wherever we are, I feel like there's always something that we're thinking forward to, like, oh, when I have kids or when our kids are grown Uh, or whatever. And so just go ahead and live the life God has called you to wherever you are. Um, I think that's a really important message for all of us. Um, And another thing that we wanted to ask y'all about, because we often hear in Christian circles about, submission and leading and that the men are to lead and the women are to submit to their leadership in marriage. And so you write a little bit about how both of you lead and follow. So talk to us a little bit more about how that works in your marriage. Um, And what's it like for y'all to do events together? And do people always put it together that you're married? Um, So we're curious about all those things. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, I'll start for this this one. You know, we, we see that in Ephesians 5 when Paul mm-hmm. is giving this, this beautiful picture about wives and husbands. And we know the verses, you know, uh, wives submit to your own husbands. And then in verse 25, it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave him up for her. And, but I think so many times we imagine that it says wives are to submit and husbands are to lead. Yeah. And really it says wives submit and husbands love. And um, I personally think that loving your wife as Christ loved the church is actually a 
harder tasks that we're asking mm-hmm. than submit mm-hmm. to your own husbands as to the Lord. And so there's this um, idea that, you know, in a marriage that the wife just walks around and, and says, yes, sir, and does whatever he wants her to do. And really, we see it as this beautiful dance where both of us are submitting to each other. Both of us are submitting to the Lord, even though we really do believe that God has this beautiful design of of leadership within a home. And, and at the end of the day, Aaron is um, set up by God to be the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. But what Christ does is he lays down his life for the church. He loves uh, the church to a sacrificial love. And so we kind of want people to think about that differently instead of this like wives submit, husbands lead. Well, what about wives submit a husband's love? And how do we, how does a marriage work so much better when you're looking at it as the way that God actually intended it to be? When, when I think of the word leader, I mean, I think in our culture, that word leader has so much baggage behind it because we've all had very bad leaders. We've mm-hmm. seen leaders who are oppressive and who take advantage of people. And so just the word leader can so often bring up and provoke um, you know, negative thoughts. But if you look at Jesus, the ultimate leader, he was so counterculture than any of those things that I just mentioned about leadership. Um, he, uh, he came to serve and not be served. He laid down his life. He washed people's feet. He did everything with like the other person in mind. He considered others more important than himself. And as we look at our marriage, as we look at scripture, that's the kind of leadership that husbands are called to, not this oppressive, overbearing Uh, just do as I say. That's actually totally opposite of the heart of Jesus. And so when I think of leader, I think my role is to be the lead submitter in the relationship. I should submit to Jesus first. I should be the lead servant. I should take the first step in serving Jamie and our kids. I should be the lead lover. I should take the first step as being the lead forgiver. Um, And that's a totally different paradigm than what we usually see when we think, like Jamie said, of Men lead, women submit. Um, man, I should be submitting to Jesus just as much as it, maybe more than Jamie because of the role that God has given me. And so that's been helpful for us. And that's what we try to encourage people as you're looking at a passage of scripture that can bring up a lot of like hurt and wounds when it's been mm-hmm. taken out of context. It's actually really beautiful. Yeah. And the verse actually right before uh, wives submit to your husbands is submit to each other like the whole church. And so right. I think we yeah. often, when we take that, when we remove it from the context of the rest of the chapter, that's easy to do and easy to kind of be like, oh, well, wives are just supposed to submit. That's it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do think looking at what it means to actually love as Jesus loved and um, submit to one another for sure gives it more context. Right. Yeah. And you said it so beautifully. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. Oh, there's been so many times I could think of so many examples where um, God has used Jamie to take the lead in something, whether it was adopting kids from Haiti or um, moving out to the country outside of Austin. There have been so many times like I really trust the Holy Spirit in Jamie and what a fool I would be as a husband to not follow her leadership in some of those moments. And that in no way downplays husband and wife roles that God set up um, at all it actually makes our whole family work better. Yeah, and, and you just said it so beautifully, Erin, and just when you think about when you love, and if you love like Christ and what Christ did for us, I mean, we can't even begin to, to, do, to you know, the sacrifice that he gave yeah. for, for us and the redemption right. we find and things. Yeah. I mean, and even just what you said about Jamie, 
too. That's really beautiful because I know even in my own marriage, just this week, um, we've been trying to help my nephew with a decision that he's trying to make uh, about about purchasing something. And um, both of us kind of had this check in our spirit about something. And he had he come to us and asked us to help him with this. And we were we were like, you know, I think he needs to ask these questions. And it was almost like confirmation that we both were kind of being led by the Holy Spirit of going, okay. I think we do need to say something if we're both mm-hmm. feeling this way yeah. and we can, I, I, I rely on him and then he relies on me to, yeah. to kind of think through those things. Yeah. You know, something else that I think is, I find so interesting and this would be a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day, <laughs> but a lot of questions started coming to Aaron and I about, okay, actually who's in charge at your house when I started working more. Mm-hmm. And I find that so very intriguing that the fact that, you know, I had the privilege and I, I know a lot of women don't have this. I had the privilege to stay home with our kids for so many years and now find myself working full time. And it was around that time that we would get people ask us questions and they would, they wouldn't come out and say that, but they would kind of, you know, kind of, you know, beat around the bush. And then it would kind of be like, are you wondering who's in control? And it was just yeah. so odd yeah. to me uh-huh. that now that I was not a stay-at-home mom, now it was the question of, okay, who's running the show here? And I, I hate that for women who God has called into places of the workplace, you know, who God has called into leadership positions, it, you know, that all of a sudden now it looks like, oh, well, she must be in charge now because she's working. And I think that just takes away the beauty of how God created marriage for us to both live out our callings, to live out in ways that we can both be, you know, we can both put Jesus on display in whatever way God asks us to do. For a while, I was at home. For now, I'm in a different position. And so that's always been intriguing to me I should say that's the word I'll choose here it's always been intriguing and maybe that might have been a little bit of a fire of me to kind of write this for this project you know is to talk about how uh, we see the beautiful picture of God's marriage and of God's a marriage for with God's people and I didn't find anywhere about what it meant for who needs to cook dinner and who needs to wash the clothes so that I, I like I like that we get to have this conversation yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about just you briefly talked a little bit about you have some children and you have four, and one of the subjects in the book is mission. So um, as we kind of are, you know, we know we're running out of time here, but we do want to unpack this just a little bit about um, unpacking the idea of family mission. How do you see that in your family? And then just maybe give some tips to people like you know who maybe are, are thinking, I don't know that we do this in our family. How do you do that? So give us some ideas. Well, I think it starts with Jamie and I um, together realizing that like Jamie doesn't have a job and then I have a job. So Aaron's a pastor and Jamie's a podcaster. Y'all have two different missions. No, we have the same exact mission. Our mission as a married couple is to help people fall in love with Jesus. That's it. To know Jesus and to make him known. That's our mission. And I happen to do that through songwriting and through being a pastor. Jamie happens to do that through podcasting and writing books. But that could change in five years for our jobs. It could evolve. But our mission will always be the same. And so when we think about our family, we want our family to be used for that mission. We want our home, our our dinner table, uh, the space that God has given us to be used for that mission. That keeps us in line. That keeps our family kind of focused in on one thing. Like, why do you have the the resources that you've been given? Man, it's, it's so that you can use those things to help people find and fall in love with Jesus. That's the mission of not just our marriage, but our whole family. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, Aaron and I being on a mission to make him known, I mean, that's the last thing Jesus said to his disciples, you know, go mm-hmm. therefore and make disciples. And so we look at that and go, okay, that's the command on our life. That's what we're here to do, no matter where you're doing that. If you're listening and you're like, I'm a pastry chef, awesome. Go therefore and make disciples, you know? <laughs> I'm a race car driver, awesome. Go therefore and make disciples, which I don't know how many race car drivers are actually are in the world, but whatever. I'm sure um, they all have, listen to how many listeners podcast. we have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that somebody sends in and says, I'm a race car driver, I would yeah, love that. Yes. But I think oftentimes about with couples and their and their mission it's so easy um, to to forget what you're doing and I remember when Aaron and I were newly married I mean a year into our, our wedding if not even less than that his a friend called him from college and said that his parents were getting a divorce after 25 years and I remember thinking to myself as this newlywed you know head over heels in love with her husband which I still am now but you know that newlywed love mm-hmm. and I remember thinking to myself how does that even happen that feels impossible mm-hmm. And now here we are 20 years later with four teenagers and I know exactly how that happens. It's not a mystery to me for a second anymore about how that happens. And it oftentimes begins with couples forgetting that they're in this fight together, that they're on a mission together, that they're on the same team. Um, it makes me think of when I was on a safari in Kenya a couple of years ago and they're telling us about all the animals and then they start telling us about the warthog. And the war, it's Pumbaa from The Lion King. Yeah, I'll yes. give you an example, yeah. <laughs> so he told us one fact about the, the warthog is that they'll be running, 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 running all through the, you know, the land and probably away from a predator or something like that. And all of a sudden they forget why they're running and they stop running. And then, you know, probably what happens, they begin, they get eaten by whatever was chasing them. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing that story and it made me think about um, the scripture where it says uh, to be watchful that your adversary, the devil, is prowls around like a roaring lion, mm-hmm. lion looking for someone to devour. And I thought to myself, that is like the Christian life. We forget why we're running. And I think for couples, you can forget what your mission is. Because listen, we know you're tired, you're busy, you got all the kids, or maybe you have job stress, or maybe you just lost your mother to COVID, whatever it might be, life is hard. And so we wanna encourage people, remember why you're running, because that a team works when people remember their end goal. You know, if only yeah. one, if only the quarterback wants to win, the whole team's not gonna win. And so for us to remember, this is our mission, this is our goal. And I think it's so important for, for couples to remember that, and maybe even have conversations about that. Like, let's get back on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually had a, a pastor in middle school who was our middle school pastor who uh, said, when you're looking for a spouse, you need to be running straight at Jesus and you just reach out your hand. He was like, you don't even look. You just reach out your hand and whoever is beside you running toward the same goal, that's who you marry. And so, which I was like, that's a a great analogy, but also that doesn't actually happen in real life. So we're going to have to maybe do some other things, but yeah, I, I appreciated the yeah. analogy. Um, mm-hmm. and that reminded me of that for sure. Um, cause you want to be headed toward the same goal and looking in the same yeah. direction. So one thing that we always ask on our podcast and Jamie, you're familiar with this. Um, but we always ask about one thing that has marked each of you in your lives with Christ. Um, so it can be something small, it can be something big. Um, but if there's just like one thing, and it, can, it doesn't have to be the only thing, but just one thing that has marked you in your walk with Christ, we would love to hear about that. Uh, I think if you, you know, if you ask like, what, what is the Ivy family known for? It would be hospitality. Like we love mm-hmm. having people in our home. We love sharing our space and our resource with people. We just, one of our favorite things is to open up our table and cook a really big dinner and invite people to come and just sit. People find this place to be 
a place of respite. Um, there's always people like Sabbathing here on their days off, you know, in the in the backyard or whatever. And I think what, what what led to that was I was marked early on as a believer with people that showed radical hospitality. Mm-hmm. And I just, I saw the heart of Jesus through people giving their life away to me. Um, we, we were marked by couples that would invite us over and there was no agenda. It wasn't like to meet. It was like to just hang. And we would just spend hours eating good food and, you know, conversating about rich, deep things. And then we would walk away and be like, we feel so loved. We feel so seen. And that helped shape like my own love for Jesus and my understanding like, wow, he's invited me to his table. Unbelievable, right? And then how can I use our life and what God's given us to help people see Jesus in that way? That that majorly marked um, me. And that's what's caused Jamie and I to have that part of hospitality too. Mm, I love that. Um, I hope I did not say this before, Elizabeth, but um, I get teary-eyed thinking about it because for the last five years, Aaron and I have watched um, some handful of close friends really walk through suffering. And um, I think, you know, suffering when you're 20, although definitely people suffer when they're 20, the older you get, the more people you see that are suffering. You know, you start to see parents suffering. You start to see uh, people your age get diagnoses that are suffering. And so we've witnessed suffering so much. And in the past five years, I've seen the lowest and lowest and lowest. And I've also seen so much hope. And so my favorite verse in the Bible is about suffering. And it says that we can rejoice um, in our sufferings because it produces things in us. And I've seen that happen. And so I read the scripture and I think, okay, that's awesome. But I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen it produce endurance. I've seen it produce character and I've seen it produce hope. And I know that that hope is never going to put us to shame. And so that has marked me, especially in the last 10 years, for sure, of watching God be faithful to his people in the midst of suffering, that it was not for nothing. That's That's a, good. Yeah, and that's such a great way to end today's podcast too. Just thinking through everything we've been through, and we're just we're just really um, excited about what God is doing in your all's lives and mm-hmm. and the things that the projects that He's put in front of you. And I feel like you all are running really hard after Jesus, and we see that, and we're excited to kind of share this message with our Lifeway Women audience and the not just the books but the Bible study, all of it together. So thank you so much for joining us today. And we have got a lot of the links in the show notes. We want you to know about their podcast, about the YouTube show. All of those things are going to be in our show notes. So we encourage you to do that. And uh, thank you, Jamie and Aaron, for being just so transparent. And thank yes. you for sharing your lives with us. Uh, you guys, thank you. Thanks for those kind words. And thanks for having us. All right. Well, we will hope to have everybody back next week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.